And welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello. This week we're going to look at <laughs> Flashback for the uh, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, 3DO, a bunch of different platforms, uh, but we'll talk about which ones we played when we get to it. But first, Billy, you missed last week. Did you uh, have any thoughts on Final Fantasy VIII you wanted to share with the world? <laughs> I had nothing good. Um, I think I spoke. I enjoy Final Fantasy 1 through 7, and I saw no need to play anything else in the series until 15 rolled around. Um, as far as 8 goes, I mean, I listened to the podcast. I did not play 8 when it came out. Um, I still have actually not played 8 to this day. Uh, I don't plan to play 8, but I'm glad you guys suffered through it for me. Well, I had to get out of my system, uh, but I will say, unfortunately, after recording that, I definitely thought about playing it again, which has not helped me at all. I thought it would help me bury these <laughs> this, this skeleton, but no. Instead, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is, and I I, I had to just buy something else to get busy with uh, with another mm-hmm. game to not play that, so that's good. Uh, what were what have you been playing, if anything, since the last time you were on the episode, Billy? I tell you, I'm I'm having a weird phase right now where where I can't really stick to anything. I've gone back and played some games I've played through before, um, and I got that uh, that you know PS Pro a while back. Um, supposedly things are upscaled on it, so I've gone back to a lot of old games uh, that I haven't played, and you know a couple years. I, I started Infamous Second Son again, and, uh. and forgot what was that. <laughs> no, I just uh, I, I did not expect you to, to to say you'd actually restarted Infamous Second Son again. All they did it because I remember it being really short, so I figured whether or not uh, I I enjoyed it the first time decently. Uh, I think when I finished it, I vowed I was not going to play it again. Yet here I am. Uh, I started the game Soma again, uh, and and I'm also enjoying that one. Uh, it's you know. Very walking simulator esque, which is my genre apparently. Uh, but I've got a shameful thing to admit. I've been doing a lot of a lot of gaming on my phone lately, and I am fucking oh. hooked on damn Gardenscape. It's a match three, uh, you know, and and as you match three, when you be level, you unlock the the energy to do a, a, a different thing around the garden, whether it's install a new fountain. Uh, finally put up that tree house you've been meaning to get around to or, or all sorts of things. And I've just, I don't know what it is. Clearly, uh, I might not be on next week, so I'll probably check myself in by then. Clearly, something's <laughs> going on. Something's wrong with me. Clearly. I, I won't lie. I play a, a fair amount of, uh, of iOS games just because it's better than actually working when I'm at work. Uh, but otherwise, I would not talk about them generally. Uh, so you could have actually just said, no, I haven't played much since last time, <laughs> which would have been well, that, totally that's, acceptable. That's why you're going to go through and edit this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've never edited this show before. Why start now? <laughs> Jeremy, what about you? Since we talked about Final Fantasy VIII, what have you been up to? Um, well, uh, Splatoon actually came out on the Nintendo Switch, and since I didn't play oh. that on, um, on on the Wii U, I was uh, I was looking forward to to trying it out on on the Switch, and I've it has been in regular rotation since it came out a few weeks ago. It is it, it's it's really different, you know. If if you're used to your standard Call of Duty shooters or Battlefield or something like that. Um, 
this is it is a very refreshing take on on that kind of genre, that competitive shooter genre. Uh, and I, I kind of feel bad that I just kind of brushed it off when it was on the Wii U, um, mostly because it was on the Wii U. And I didn't really want to buy any more games for it because, like, literally no one was playing uh, anything on the Wii U. So I, I figured, and probably rightly so, I believe after the first few weeks of Splatoon being on the Wii U that there were it, it did not have a very large player base. Mm-hmm. Um, you do not have that problem on the Switch so far. Uh, there are more than enough people playing this game. Uh, it is, uh, it's just super fun. I, I've, it's, it's a very, you know, it, it's still competitive. But it's competitive in a way that it doesn't make me mad like something like Call of Duty does when I do badly or or something like Battlefield. Um, and, and it moves at such a fast pace that I, I genuinely and it, it enjoy just sitting down and playing a few rounds of it. Because the rounds themselves, I believe, are just like two minutes long. Um, and it's a matter of if you play the the main gameplay mode of Turf Wars, which is just about the amount of paint that you can... Uh, spread across the level and whichever team has painted the most of the level at the end wins uh it's not really about kills or anything like that you know it's it's almost kind of relaxing you know in a way it's still very hectic and and fun but it's it's just kind of uh sort of fun to to paint these levels and and you know occasionally somebody's in your way and you shoot them or you die or whatever but you spawn so quick it doesn't really matter uh, and it's not like you get like these super amount of points for for killing anybody. I, I I don't even know if you get very many points at all for it. But it's all about just the amount of of paint that you spread across the level and and how much is actually there at the end of uh, the end of the match. There's other game modes as well. You know, I believe there's just straight up like team deathmatch and other things like that. But I don't really get into that because it doesn't seem like the game is very good at uh, doing things like that. You know, whenever you go player against player, it it very much feels uh, not as accurate as what you would probably need that to be. It just kind of seems like it's a fun, you know, shoot something or swing your weapon at, at the other person and, and hope for the best. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I enjoy it mostly just for for how much it is to run around the level and paint the uh, paint the bright colors on on these simple but fun levels. And it's uh, it's very much Nintendo. All the way through, uh, we could get into a whole thing about the playing with with people and or your friends and how hard that is, and just how unintuitive it all is. But I'm not going to get into it because it's a big old mess. But just taken as its own, uh, just as its own little game, and just how much fun it is, uh, I can't recommend Splatoon enough. Hmm. So does that make a total of two games you now own on your Switch? <laughs> well, I've got Minecraft on there, and and I have made. Possibly the worst Minecraft level of all time, but generally, yes, <laughs> it is mainly just Zelda and Splatoon so far, and and Mario Kart. I I have Mario Kart. I, oh, yeah. I played Mario Kart a lot on the Wii U, and I don't really count that as just a, a Switch game. I just count that as as a continuation of the amount of fun that I had playing Mario Kart Eight on the the Wii U on onto the Switch, since it's essentially just the same game. Well, I unfortunately, after last week's episode where we talked about Final Fantasy VIII, I then you know was playing Final Fantasy XII because the remaster is still incredible. Having a great time with that. I I can't explain why, but I've decided that my new goal is to play through all three games in the Final Fantasy XIII series again. And wow. I've never finished two. I never even tried three. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to three only because I it's nothing like the other two really. Uh, but I'm now about uh, about ten hours into Final Fantasy XIII again. 
and I still don't think it's a good game. Uh, it's not. It's not as bad as Final Fantasy VIII. I think it's just a game that, uh, in order to make it so that it wasn't impossible, they've made it way too easy. I think that's that's really the problem. If if the game was a little bit harder, then the system would be less pointless. But instead, for the first you know thirty hours, like we said before, it really is just press A the game, and and so I'm doing a lot of that. But I'm trying to make it hard by <laughs> by you know really specializing <laughs> things too early. I, I don't really know what I'm doing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's one more terrible idea in my pile of terrible gaming ideas. Thankfully, I was able to take a break from those ideas to cover the game we're going to talk about this week. Mm-hmm flashback and in my case on the sega genesis uh what what did you play this on billy I played the uh, Super Nintendo version this time around. Uh, it's the only version I have ever played. Um, I was hoping to get around to the Genesis to kind of get a comparison, but I uh, didn't make it to that one. And what about you, Jeremy? I, I played this one on uh, back when I, well, on for this podcast, I played it on the Genesis. And uh, back in the day when I first, first played it, it was on the Genesis. Uh, but I can confirm that the 3DO version of Flashback oh, is the, the gold standard version. Uh, maybe maybe the PC as well, uh, but I, I have never played the PC version of hmm. I'm sure the PC version was good. I mean, this, this was a, a company that made PC games. It wasn't like it was a, a console port to PC, so it was probably very good. Um, but Flashback was from Delphine Software. The only other game I had ever played by them before uh, this game would have come out was Another World, which I don't think we've done an episode on, but everyone should have at least played it. It's on every possible format. I have it on my phone, Billy. You could play that as another iOS game. Uh, oh, I, well, I've got to tend the garden. It's <laughs> very busy <laughs> with those things. Uh, so, it, But Another World is that kind of Prince of Persia style, uh, 2D, you know, interesting animation, uh, a lot of real cheap deaths, uh, but, a, but a good sci-fi kind of story. I had never played Flashback. I saw the box many, many times. I don't know why I didn't play it, because I like games in this style. But for some reason, I, I never bothered trying it. Or if I did, there's a real good chance if I tried it, I played the first few screens and and wasn't into it. And, and I kind of had the same thing happen this time. But uh, you both have played this several times you know, before this. So uh, I guess, did you have this one that was brand new, or, or I just found it uh. later on? I tried this one. Um, I, I did not get into this one as a child, mainly because it reminded me too much of Prince of Persia, which I had uh, just the movement, kind of the pace of it. Uh, just Prince of Persia was a game I played through as a child, and something in my head snapped by the end of that. And and I picked this one up, and as soon as I started getting those vibes from it, I, I got maybe, I rented this a few times. I, I tried it once, and uh, and I thought to myself, maybe I didn't give it a, a you know a good shot. I tried it again. Each time I'd play this thing for 10, 15 minutes, and then put it back down just because the kind of the the slow pace to it uh, and the controls I found very off-putting early on. Uh, I'll admit this is one I didn't give a a proper chance uh, back when it first came around. Uh, for me, this was, uh, I, I'm actually kind of shocked, especially at Jeremy P who, who has played several of these types of games and, uh, generally loves them. 
Uh, I know we we did an entire podcast on Blackthorn, and and mm. in that podcast probably mentioned Out of This World or Another World more than we did Blackthorn. Um, but Flashback for me is like the gold standard for this type of uh, slower paced. I don't even know what you'd really call these these kind of games. You know, I, they there were definitely a, a few of them. You know, you had Out of This World, Blackthorn. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what was that one on on the original PlayStation that was really good? Heart of Darkness. Uh, Heart of Darkness. Yes, that kind of just slower paced, heavily animated sort of platformer. Um, you know, I love those kind of games. And when I first saw Flashback uh, come out and then saw it was a uh, Delphine Software and all that stuff, I immediately rented it. And I believe it actually came out on the Genesis first. Uh, it was not a a release at the same time. So I grabbed it, and I was I loved it. The whole sci-fi aesthetic of it, just the the general look of it, uh, everything about it was it, it just grabbed me. Um, I, I totally understand any sort of like um, criticism. Like Billy said, it is a very slow-paced kind of game. The level layout is very strange. It's very labyrinthine, especially the first stage, mm. which you know that's the stage that's, that's supposed to get you into it. But but anyway. Uh, it, it was just something that that drew me into it, and uh, I have played just about every single version of it on every single system except the PC, which is probably where it was originally released. Um, just I, I, there's something about it that I still love, and it is my absolute favorite version of of these type of games. Yeah, I hadn't played it before after playing it for this podcast. No, I didn't. I didn't finish it in time for this, but I played enough that I feel like I can talk about it pretty well. And I did watch enough of the later part of the game to see that it didn't drastically change. There's not whole minecart segments I'd have to complain about. So it looks like uh, I'm going to finish this. I really liked it. Uh, what I played of it so far, and it is definitely the most interesting of these style of games. But I would not have known that from the starting level. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the starting. So the the story of the game is. Essentially, you 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 know see the intro. You kind of escape from something, uh, and you're not really sure what's going on. Uh, the book itself that came with the game is pretty cool because it's a comic book. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually Marvel Comics uh, put it out. It's it, it's probably what twenty pages worth of story um, that actually tells you <laughs> a lot more than the game does. I didn't have I'd look at the manual. I started playing, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea exactly why I'm doing it. And if you actually skip through the comic. And instead, just go to the actual summary of what you're doing in the the instruction portion. It is three sentences. You are Conrad Hart, graduate student and agent of the GBI, Galaxial Bureau of Investigation. An overall cool dude. You must fight your way through seven hazard pack levels to retrieve your memories and probe hostile alien worlds to unlock the secrets of the invasion. That's pretty much it. I mean, that, that's that's all you need to know to get started. Uh, the comic does put a lot more of the, of the backstory of your character uh, in place, but actually... I kind of like not looking at the comic first because you have amnesia at the beginning of the of the story. You don't really know why you're there, and uh, one of the first things you find uh, a screen over from where you start is a hollow cube that is a a little cool. I did like this in the game. So when you when you find an item, it gives you this little little goofy scene where like you know it shows like a shoe and then he picks up the item and it makes a cool a cool theme that I'm sure I'll pop in here when I edit this together. But there's also a lot of good little cinematics, which for for Genesis time and, and Super Nintendo time even, there weren't a lot of those in games really. There, there maybe was one at the very end of the game, very start of the game, but this was like a lot of cool little scenes that would pop up if you did the right thing. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, you know, if, if you thought like Out of This World or Another World was impressive 
with its uh, the the cinematic that at the start of the game or throughout the game, like flashback, just it, it is even more so. Like it, it has a full opening movie, and and throughout the game, it has all these like nice little cinematics that kind of uh, you know pepper the the gameplay and things like that. Um, it's all you know, obviously in the style of the game, very um, very flat shaded uh, polygons and things like that. Uh, but it it, it looks so good the game is so well stylized that it, it's definitely just it, it looks good for any it's something that has aged really well i think for like one of those games um still looks great yeah i have to no matter what complaints i have I, you can't take anything away from this in, in the graphics department and yeah i was thinking the same thing as we as we were playing through this uh for this review that it's still just it looks amazing even by today's standards this is a uh, an amazing release if you put it against some of the other 16-bit games of the time, which look, you know, that show their age now. Uh, but yeah, and this is what kept bringing me back as a kid. This is why I rented this thing more than once because I, I was really enamored with the looks of it, and I and I wanted to progress further. Uh, as we go along, I'll talk about the the hangups I had with it. But as far as the graphics go, I I was blown away then, and still pretty impressed now. Well, because the graphics are that that kind of flat, uh, I don't even know if they're polygons technically, but it's big flat blocks on everything. It means that the animations are excellent. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything actually has an interesting movement to it. It actually feels, I mean, it looks, looks fairly realistic, even though everything's big, big blocks. It actually moves really, really well. Uh, it, it Much like Prince of Persia, which is what I guess this is the easiest thing to compare this to and, and another world, uh, it's, it's a 2D... Uh, expanding map each screen is its own own action screen so you can run off one screen onto another uh and sometimes enemies will follow you sometimes they won't but but it's not uh it's not a side scroller like a you know a mario level these are different individual screens uh, almost a labyrinth style uh for most of the maps and and that first map you start on is all in the jungle and outside of the fact that you have an inventory uh, which is kind of cool for these kind of games, uh, as opposed to just having one item you can use at a time. You actually have an inventory, and you can switch what your items do, uh, which items you're using at the time, I mean. Uh, you also have some enemies to fight there, which I, I like that you actually have a gun. It has unlimited bullets. It's not, you know, oh, you have one bullet, or you have to use this gun one time, and then it runs out. You know, a game like uh, Another World, you do get a gun, but it doesn't fire that many times. It has to recharge a lot. Uh, th- this is It almost gives it a run-and-gun feel, but if you try to play it that way, you're going to die real quick. Uh, what, yeah. I, what I liked about this... For that purpose, the fact that it's an a- more of an action-based game than most of these games are, is you'd thankfully have more than one hit point. Uh, a lot of these games kill you in one hit. If you do the wrong thing, you die immediately. Uh, this this is more forgiving. You have a shield uh, that, that has four charges in it that you can get hit four times before you get killed. And there are different spots on the map where there are charging stations, and you can actually recharge your shield at those spots. Uh, that's excellent. Though that That's a great piece of <laughs> uh, to make this game and games like this far more playable and, and also add more danger to them because otherwise if you only got w- one hit on these things you'd never make it out of the opening area yeah it's kind of weird that it, it really kind of does more of an action game uh, kind of platformer feel to it mm-hmm. um and you can definitely argue argue if it works in its favor or not uh due to its you know the slower pace of it and the animation and how it works but um this definitely wanted to go for a more action game feel than something like out of this world uh, which only just had a few few sections here and there that was really you shooting a lot or or having to defend against a lot of people shooting at you um this is it kind of feels maybe more like a blackthorn 
uh, with with the amount of action that's in it. Um, maybe it's not as responsive or as fast as something like Blackthorn, but it is um, it is definitely even though it's a slower pace, it, it definitely has a, a lot more action to it. Well, along with just walking, you know, right and left, uh, th- this is where I kind of ran into some issues uh, with the first level, and and I think if I would have tried to play this before, especially without a manual. I don't know if I ever would have gotten out of this first area. Uh, there's several several reasons for that. The first being, that there's three buttons on a Genesis controller. I assume that the other versions have the same uh, same number of action buttons. Perhaps the Super Nintendo actually uses more. I don't know. But the, the Genesis version, you have the C button, which lets you pull your gun out and then put you in your gun shooting stance, and it changes what the other buttons do. Um, it also puts the gun away. The B button will use whatever item you have in your inventory selected. Okay, that makes sense. And then the A button kind of does everything else. You hold it down to run. You you have to use it if you're going to uh, use specific items in different places. Uh, if you want to use an elevator, you have to hold down that A button and push up or down, which I never, mm-hmm. ever, ever would have yeah. figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's where I got stuck the first time. I got to the like a, a room where I just like, I could not figure out what to do with this elevator, and I thought there's there's got to be a key or something I don't have. I can't figure this out. <laughs> and that's when I hunted down the manual. I was like, that's really the command: hold down the A button and push up. This is this is going to be difficult. Uh, I uh, there's plenty of things that I never figured out, even with the manual. I had to go watch a, a few let's plays just to get out of the first area to realize, for example, if you hold down the A button and run to the right, and then you push up in the middle of, like, if you're at the exact right spot, he'll do this giant diagonal leap and grab onto, like, mm-hmm. another wall. I, I couldn't figure that out. And then even if you yes. know what you're supposed to do, the timing has to be exact. And if not, you just jump to your death or, or miss the thing you're going for in any event. And, and I so I, there's a lot of parts where I think I knew exactly what I needed to do, but then after failing at it five or six times, I thought, well, I, I'm clearly doing the wrong thing. And then to watch a Let's Play, which the guy does what you're doing but succeeds at it, uh, very, very frustrating. I and mean, in some ways it's relieving because you don't feel stupid, but you're still just like, why am I, is it not working when I do this thing that I just watched someone else do right at this spot? Yeah. And, and the Super Nintendo actually, with all those buttons on there still, you're using three buttons for the whole time. Uh, y is the button that you know draws the gun and does the the majority of things on there. But yeah, just three buttons, even with all the ones on there. And and the one move that plagued me was was the roll uh, when you have the gun out. I always did this at at the worst possible time, and I always ended up off a fucking ledge. And if you do that, the recovery from that takes forever. The the standing back up. Uh, and, and I just, I kept doing that gun roll over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I swear I didn't mean to, I think the problem with that is I, I never once resorted to the manual for this, uh, which I would, I would highly recommend because there, there are button combinations needed to pull off moves. And, and yeah, I just, I could, I could not get a lot of the movements on here down and there were a lot of unnecessary deaths because of it. And, and to make matters worse in this game, when you continue, you start at the beginning of the section that you're in. There's seven uh-huh. chapters, so when you have to, if you die and have to continue, you start at the beginning of that chapter. Uh, at least through the first two chapters, which shows you how far I got. Uh, you, you definitely get to start back there. Now, you know, if you're, if you're using this on an emulator, which obviously we can't say you should do, but I, I may have done so. Uh, I did do a lot of save states to get through some of this, because there are definitely things where it's... It's like, oh, I, I didn't make this jump right, and I need to, and now I'm dead completely, and I have to start over again from the beginning of this entire long section. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were definitely some, some uh, 
area hazards that I didn't understand that the manual does spell out what to do, but I didn't get it. Uh, for example, in the jungle in, in one part, there are these, it looks almost like there's green lava coming up from the floor. It doesn't actually come out, but it's just like underneath the ground. And mm-hmm. I, I thought I had to jump over it. I thought, and you can jump over it, but really if you just run, if you hold down the A button and run through it, it you don't stay on it long enough for it to hurt you. But I, I couldn't figure that out. So there's a lot of times where I'll like try to jump and I end up jumping off cliffs and, and jumping to the wrong place or missing the switch I was supposed to find. It, it definitely very, very frustrating uh, without the book. I mean, the, for the first time in a long time, I'm saying find that manual and read it because it actually gives you a lot of information that makes this a much easier game to get through. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of how it is. You know, it, it very much follows the formula of uh, trial and error formula of, of out of this world. Um but this is, it's a much longer game uh, than Out of This World. You know, the, the first area alone, if there is one area that can put you off to a game faster uh, than the, the first, the jungle area in, in mm-hmm. Flashback, uh, you, you probably, you, you'd have to search pretty hard uh, for yeah. a game to, to do that to you. Um, and it, it really, it is a long area with multiple multiple puzzles, multiple uh, little side quests you have to do, multiple items you need to find to get through it. And um, even at the very end uh, of, of that area, an item that you have to find, and if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't know to just jump down this bottomless pit to get to the next stage. Uh, it, it is very, it, it's, it's just something that probably put ver- a ton of people. Yeah off to to this game 25 years it took me to get off this level (laughs) that's that's how off-putting this can be well it's it is a huge level i mean when you actually know what you're doing and and you you know you've run through it a couple times it doesn't seem that big but when you're first exploring it there's a lot of places that it just lets you go and then you just kind of you find a wall i mean like an in-game wall not a not a physical wall a lot of the time but it's like oh i need a key card to get through here or uh, you know, I made it to this area I'm trying to get to, and a guy, I find a guy I can rescue. That's great. And then you go up to him and ask for his transporter, and you're like, where, where's the transporter or a teleporter? Where am I going to find that damn thing? So, yep, there's a lot of backtracking, a lot of exploring. Um, even knowing what I was supposed to do at, at certain points, still, I had to go, uh, you know, Jeremy had mentioned the, the hole you jump into at the end of the first section. Uh, well, you can't just jump into the hole, because if you just jump into the hole at the end of the first section, you right. die. You fall to yes. your death. Uh, there's an old man sitting in a lawn chair. Uh, at the next to this this pit, and he basically says, "Hey, I'll, I'll sell you an anti gravity belt for 500 credits." And the way I went through, I missed a huge section because I had 10 credits, and I thought, "Oh no, am I gonna have to go out and like <laughs> kill everything and have it?" Because the first 10 credits I found were just like, you jump up at one spot and there's a little ledge where there's 10 credits there. I'm like, "Oh no, I, I'm never gonna get through this." Uh, turns out it's actually not that bad. There's just one path I missed, but it's a fairly combat heavy mm. path, uh, and and one that. I, again, without the manual, I didn't know this, but in order, I didn't think you could climb down things because you would hit down when you're on the on the ledge, and you would just crouch down. So mm-hmm. I thought you had to walk off of all the ledges and and hope to grab onto something when you're there, or you know something similar. If you fall more than two, there's kind of like three levels of height to each screen. For example, if you fall more than more than one, if you fall down from like level one to level three, you immediately die. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a shield or not; it just kills you. Bam, you get to restart the beginning of the area. So there was the section that I missed. I didn't realize if you hold down that A button and push down, then you'll climb down. And if you yes. start climbing down, you can fall a little farther than if you walked off a, a side. So there was a whole area that every time I, you know, I tried to go down there like six or seven times and just kept dying. So I thought, okay, there must be another way to get here, and I'm not doing it right. But again, after I, I got to the end of the first level, 
uh, where it should have been the end of the first level, and I didn't have enough credits. I had to go and figure out where I missed them. And, uh, and so that was another place where I, I looked at something like, wait a minute, how is he climbing down? What am I, what, how am I doing this wrong? I can't figure out where I can't climb. I can't jump like this guy's jumping. I, I didn't realize you could run at first. I was like, I, don't, I am not yes. doing well. Uh, and again, it, it's because the one button, the A button, seems to do everything. Uh, it's the all-purpose button. And, and a lot of the times, it seems pretty genius when you actually are getting it to work. But other times, it's massive amounts of frustration. And it just seems like one of those uh, those games that was kind of you know they had to do what they could do to work within the the confines of, of a three button Genesis controller uh, because I, I don't think the the six button was out at that point um, so you know they had to do a lot of things of like multiple button presses or for certain they hold down something to make this work press it to make this work um, it it is not an intuitive playing game I will I will definitely say that much it is. Um, it's until you master that control setup, it, it is just kind of a mess really as far as like what you're going to be doing and, and when you're going to be doing. And even then when you do it correctly, uh, thanks to the, the, the delay of the controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is inherent on just about every single version you play on. Um, it, it, because the animation is so smooth that I, I, we've touched on this in previous podcasts where like, uh, games have very smooth animation. You know, you have to wait for the animation to actually play. You know, go through its course of, of a few frames here and there. It is not a, a very quick kind of you know Contra three action game thing. It's like you press down and you've got to wait five or six frames of animation before your character actually ducks down. Um, it is not an instant thing. So it, it makes it. You know, even though it's trying to be an action game and it it just doesn't really work very well uh, with with the amount of button presses you have to do to make something work um, and just the overall delay in the controls. Well, and even in the combat, if you, you know, jump down, let's say from one ledge to the next, try to shoot a guy and you miss that first shot or you, you know, your animations often hits you, you're the whole animation of you falling down, getting back up. You might put yes. your gun away by accident. Yes. Uh, cause the putting the gun away seems to be instant. I, I mean, it, in some ways that's great, but in other ways it's incredibly frustrating cause you'll hit the button to pull your gun out. And then you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if I've started. So you hit the button again, and immediately the gun goes back away and you have no <laughs> yes. weapon. Uh, again, that could just be my inability to, to figure the game out. But, uh, that said, it was definitely frustrating. Uh, I do want to say though, that even with the frustration of the controls, and the fact that I, I didn't really even know how to, how to do half the things I was supposed to do because I didn't read the manual. The first level already kind of had me hooked because it has the things I like in a game like this, which is mainly there's, there's a... Uh, I like when there's key cards and there's definitely like little puzzles to figure out constantly. I mean, it was, it's a very complex first level for a game like this. It's not, oh yeah, you just need to go and get keys A, B, and C from these different areas and then take it back to this big door and they open. No, there's, there's a bunch of puzzles. The whole thing, start to finish, is, is a fairly involved set of puzzles to, to get to the end of this first level. So, I, again, I don't know if I would have gotten through this, um, especially at the time when it was new, because I, I probably would have rented it, gotten really frustrated, and thought, no, nah, I'll rent something else that's more fun than this. But, uh, but at the same time, there's that little bit in the back of my head that's like, no, you know, I, I want to figure this out. I want to get to this. And I think the second area is where this game, for me at least, I was like, oh, I love this game.
I love everything about what's going on, despite the fact that the controls are very frustrating. Uh, once you escape that first area and you end up in, in what's the name of the city? New something or other. New Washington. New Washington, New Washington yes. That's right. Um, you know, it's a, a futuristic city. It's got a subway, mm-hmm. si- well, like a, a tram system um, that lets you go between different areas. You have to you have to find a way to earn money so that you can do these different things. And then it's not as much of an action game as much as it's just one giant puzzle game. And I love you know the old Sierra point and click adventures, uh, yes. the, the Monkey Island game. So this section in the middle is has mm-hmm. those kind of puzzles, but it's still got that same. Uh, there's definitely some def- difficult platforming in parts of it. It's it's the same kind of game you played in the first part, but it has you know other people. You actually talk to a lot of people. There's there's it, it's definitely more involved for puzzles. I love the second area a lot. If I would have known this is what lied beyond that that jungle stage, I, I would have pushed harder to get through it. Yeah, the game certainly uh, when when you leave that jungle area with a uh, you know the the heavy emphasis on the platforming and the and the the action and you get into this and it slows down a little bit and yeah there's more puzzle solving there's more you know walking around talking to people uh, I really uh, the guy it's it's like a different game to me and, and I really began to enjoy it at this point. I, the the second stage for me is is kind of you know it's kind of weird for me that you guys really love this stage because this is where it kind of drags for me. Um, I, I love the whole system of it. May I, I do enjoy it more as an adult. I, I did enjoy it more like, playing through it this time, but as a kid, um, at some point, I just kind of wanted to move on because this this area is probably the longest in the entire game. Hmm. Um, and the second area is very much about you need to make enough money to get on this game show that you <laughs> that the next area after the area we're talking about is. Um, and to do that, you need to work odd jobs and to do, you have to go up to these terminals that give you various jobs. And so it's this huge sprawling area. It is massive um, that you have to take various uh, subway trains to get to. Uh, to to get to your the jobs that you're doing and, and how you need to go about them. Each job has their own different type of objective to it. You know, take out these guys over here, uh, fix this thing, deliver this thing. Uh, it's several jobs, and it, it is a, a very, very long area. And uh, I, I definitely remember when I was a kid that this was the area that, before I eventually pushed through and beat the game, uh, this was the area that kind of hung me up on, the game, on, on things because it just kind of goes on for quite a while mm-hmm. i didn't mind that it's it's a it's a long section but it's really hard to die here i mean there are a couple places you can fall to your death but generally yeah it, there's not a lot of guys shooting at you there's not a, a whole lot of difficult platforming uh it, it's just a lot of figuring out you know what to do and where and again because there's a lot of people around it it almost feels like a totally different game because the first level yeah there's there's a couple people you talk to but generally it's just you running and hiding and shooting things and all of a sudden now you're in a city where you're you know trying to get a work permit it's like this is this is weird, yeah. but I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing I compared it to, I mean, there, there's a lot of games that have this, like, you know, like I said, the Monkey Islands games like that. But there's a, a game on the Sega Master System. It was Alex Kidd in High Tech World, which actually wasn't oh. even an Alex Kidd game uh, <laughs> when oh, it came boy. out in Japan. Now I, I don't want to get into it too much, but there's there's parts of that game where you're wandering around like a mansion and you're wandering around a town, and it's all things like this where it's trying to figure out 
you know, who do I need to talk to at different places? How do I find where I'm going? Uh, and it's impossible to die in those sections. And then there's these action sections in between. That's what this level reminded me of, where yeah, it was just... Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's actually the level that I'm on. I, I got through where you get a work permit, and you, you have to go out and start getting jobs. And I just ran out of time uh, to get... For this podcast, I didn't want to push this off anymore and miss another week. So uh, I did watch more of the rest of the game. Uh, but the story, and, and you touched on this, Jeremy, is is pretty crazy. I mean, even from the get-go, yes. you know, it's a kind of yes. a sci-fi game. Uh, even when you, you, you get through the first area in the middle, once you get to the, the first area and you find the hollow cube that you know it's you that recorded for yourself, it's almost like a, a, a total recall story For at that point mm. where you're like, oh, man, mm. I, I must know more than, more than I think I do, and I'm just trying to figure out you know, how to get this memory back in my head. And that happens early on in the second section. And it's almost a they live story. Like you built magical glasses that can see people that are more dense than the average person. <laughs> yeah. They're aliens yeah. on Earth. Um, yes. and, and so that they found out that you know, and now they're chasing you around. Uh, and the only way to get back to Earth, I guess, is to win a game show where you get a ticket to Earth. <laughs> and so the next part of this game <laughs> is earning money so that you can get a, get into the game show, so that you can win the game show called what is Tower of Death? Death Tower? It's something along those lines. It doesn't seem like much of a game show. It seems more just like a series of rooms you have to fight through. It's the killing game show. Or the kill, um, the the Running Man. It's the Running Man. Yes. The yes. game. Yes, totally. In the third section, uh, looked incredible. Uh, I don't now. I mm-hmm. didn't actually play it because uh, again, I didn't get this far. I will be playing it. Are there a lot of puzzles in that section, or is it mainly high combat? It is all combat. Uh, yeah. Each, each stage, uh, each floor you have to go to in that is all about um, just different combat scenarios. And if you did not like the combat of this game, this is when things might fall flat for you because there are definitely several sections in that uh, where it is just a lot of lot of uh, these uh, kind of clones coming at you that you have to kill, a lot of various like uh, robots uh, that, that come at you. You, you really have to, to strategize and, and time this almost perfectly on some of these because um, they it, it does not fuck around. You have to to be extremely uh, precise with your rolling mm-hmm. mechanic yes. uh, to get past this. And uh, it, it is just several floors of, of mastering the uh, a combat uh, for a game that doesn't really maybe do combat very well. Yeah. This was about half the time I played this game was spent in this section. Because, uh, yeah, like Jeremy said, you have to have just uh, – you. nobody's going to go through this on their first playthrough. And, and nail it because uh, there's some memorization involved here. There is a lot of just having your shit together and tight before you go into this level. Cause yeah, I mean, there's no room, like I said earlier to miss that role and, and have to go through that animation uh, of standing up and, and redrawing your gun or, or Jeremy P was talking about, you know, pulling the gun out and then hitting the button again and then accidentally yes. putting uh-huh. it away. No, you're dead. Uh, you can't do that. Uh, this was just, uh, very unforgiving portion of the game and yeah uh like jeremy said if you didn't like that jungle early on uh you were not gonna this was not gonna win you over to the the combat system in the game and yeah and this is where i started to slow a little bit this is where i thought that maybe i'm gonna be watching youtube for the the rest of this the rest of this game uh but i got through it i did um uh 
without saying anything, if you were playing on an emulator and could use save states, it, it's probably a good idea to do it every few seconds. Every time you pull off a successful move, <laughs> reward yourself by tapping that button and saving your progress because it's, it's, it's tough. It is. And I will say for anyone wanting any sort of pro tip to this game, uh, to getting past the action stages, uh, the role is absolutely key to master. Uh, you are essentially almost invincible when that when you do your roll. Uh, so learning how to roll through enemies and pop up on the other side, draw your gun super quick, uh, that is that is kind of the key to the the whole combat to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just kind of have to learn to to game the game. And one one tip, another pro tip from someone that is far from a pro. I saw this online. I was starting to get a little frustrated uh, to roll through the the edge of the screen so that your roll is finishing on the other screen uh yes you can get a yeah, you can get yeah. a shot off real fast uh and usually save yourself a few frames worth of animation uh and and i had to utilize that and and that is pretty much what got me through this well assuming you get through the uh the game show and win your ticket to earth the next level takes you back to earth uh, but the aliens are aware that you're back there, apparently. And uh, and so then you... I don't know what the story part is that attaches to this. Not much that we want to get into. But essentially, you decide to go to the alien homeworld to blow it up. That That is the last part of the game. The last two stages of the game are infiltrating the alien homeworld and uh, you know essentially blowing it to pieces. Yes. Uh, th- those uh, looked very difficult. Those levels, uh, at least a little bit I saw. There was a lot of, of enemies that take a whole lot of shots uh, and a lot of rolling back and forth while you dodge their their attacks. It, it looked like, I don't know if I would have gotten through that even if I had a lot of time. So the level immediately after the game show is you getting back to Earth. And uh, that one, it's not too bad. It's kind of neat. It's really neat. It's it's uh, actually you infiltrating like a club. Uh, there's a lot more uh, kind of platforming in, in that whole area. But once you get past that and get to the last stages where you're actually on the alien planet, the game, it, it hits a, a difficulty spike that is unlike the rest of the game. I mean, it throws everything it can at you just nonstop. And this is definitely a, a stage that rivals these, the, the second stage in terms of length. It is a big stage. It sprawls mm-hmm. all over the place. There's multiple objectives that you have to do before you get to the last boss. Uh, it, it is just kind of a nonstop uh, arena of, of just shit because not only are mm-hmm. you fighting uh, you know, the, the same kind of stuff you've been fighting the entire game, but you're also fighting these aliens that can kind of turn into blobs and go all over the goddamn stage. Like they, you know, they... They kind of act like regular enemies, but then they will turn into these kind of uh, small blobs that will just travel back and forth across the stage at super, super quick speeds. And it can be very, very hard to get a beat on them and and kill them uh, consistently. And it is just an entire stage of that. I got (laughs) Yeah, there was some cursing. There was uh, I hadn't had to do this in a while, but there was frustration to the extent that I had to stand up while I played. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't that, that does not happen too often, but I, I was on my feet for a little bit of this one. 
And and yeah, I mean, this just took. Uh, somehow, I did not have as much trouble with this as I did the the game show portion. Uh, but it's just it's it's frustrating. It's it's very frustrating. At the same time, it's a really fucking nice looking level too. Yeah, and this one, you know, definitely kind of. It looks like an enemy planet. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, it, it is very alien looking, very kind of a brain kind of planet. Mm-hmm. And and then you get to that last boss, and everything just ramps up infinitely. It, it, that last boss is the biggest piece of shit for one <laughs> of these games. We've talked about before in these games for like bosses that don't really fit the end of the game because yeah. they are so much harder. Than what the rest of the game actually was, um, the the boss at the end of uh, Blackthorn being a good uh-huh. example. This one is up there because uh, it, it's still it's not as just out of place as that one, but uh, you have to be so on your game to beat this thing. It, it's just it's sending everything in the in the the, the game it possibly can at you, and it's so hard. It is so it took me. So many tries to do this. Plus, you're on a time limit to do this yes. thing. Oh, yeah. And it, it's just, I mean, at some point, you're just like, oh, my God, I, I just, I got to stop playing this game. But eventually, you get so good at this game's, like, just how to game the game and how to do the combat and all this stuff that you you eventually just learn to do it. And I, I did beat it, and it was one of the most exciting final bosses as far as like beating it uh that i've that i've actually ever played for a game yeah i I, it's a piece of shit like jeremy said but yes the reward of defeating this boss uh was something because this took me a while and i still uh, i did not win i don't believe out of uh you know perfecting my craft on there or anything like that (laughs) i i still feel like uh this is something I will never be able to do again. I pulled this off once, uh, and, and that's it. I can't. Yeah. Uh, but man, the feeling of accomplishment when you finish that, I, I have not had that in a while. It's, it's fucking dark souls level <laughs> feeling of accomplishment when, when you finish this boss off. Well, that, thankfully you are rewarded with one of the darkest endings. What a bleak ending. This sent me, this sent me into a damn depression. <laughs> it, it's not a bad ending as far as like, it's not like it's like, thanks for playing the end. No, it, but it's, it's, it's not a thank you screen, but it, it's, I mean, it's a nice cinematic ending, but just, uh, it, it's not a happy ending. Well, it's, it's an ending that screams. There's another game coming. And, and uh, I wasn't not, I was not aware. I was not aware of the sequel until, uh, one of you guys brought it up. Yesterday, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they, they put out a sequel, a direct sequel to this called Fade to Black on the original PlayStation. I never played it. Uh, I remember seeing it. It, it was actually fairly popular. Um, it was one of the, the the multiple disc games that came in the fatter case. Uh, so that that's mm-hmm. as much as I know about Fade to Black. But I believe Jeremy had played it a little bit. I actually beat Fade to Black. Uh, it, you know, Flashback being one of my favorite games. Uh, when I, that ending that you were talking about is very, just, it is very bleak. It is a, I'm putting myself, essentially, uh, you're putting yourself into cryo sleep and you pretty much know you're just going to float along for 
for years to come. Perhaps the remainder of your life. It's the end to Alien, but uh, mm. but you know. yes, yeah, it is. Uh, it is very much that kind of ending. But you will ha- you will be happy to know that uh, Fade to Black picks up. It is a direct sequel, and it All picks right. up right when. Uh, it, well, he's been in cryosleep for several years, mm-hmm. uh, so he uh, it starts up that you have been found by a. Uh, I, I God, it's been so long. I can't believe it. I, I can't remember if you were found by the aliens or if you were found by a, a, a friendly ship or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at some point, things go down, and you are essentially fighting the same aliens that that you fought in the first game. But this is a very different game from the first one. This is uh, very much a third-person adventure style game, more like Tomb Raider oh. uh, than, than the 2D style of, mm-hmm. of what you're, you would think with, with flashback. Um, it's, it's a really interesting game. It's not a good game. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, I, I, wanna, I, I did beat this game. I, I, I probably could not sit through it this, to this point if we played it again today. But it's, it's a very interesting game. It is, I, I believe this came out before Tomb Raider kind of maybe set the standard for that style of game. And it, it's still kind of just it, like an, an overly animated style game. It's trying to do a little bit too much. There's a lot of platforming in it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shooting. There's a lot of action. And it's still just as awkward as it was in the first <laughs> game. But it's now done in a 3D space. And that makes it even more awkward. Yeah. Uh, very much the same kind of kind of uh, step-to-step controls that you had to use in the first game, like uh, as far as like measuring your distance from something, um, the the stilted gunplay, everything about it is in the sequel, but it's it's done in, in an over-the-shoulder kind of 3D view. Um, Conrad is back. You you still play as Conrad, and, and it's a much uh, a much more standard kind of sci-fi story this time around than it was in the first. Um, not any, I, I just did not enjoy it as much as the first, obviously I mm. beat it. The last stage in that game is just the biggest fucking mess I have ever seen as far as the last stage in a video game. Um, I'm, I'm, you can go to YouTube and watch it. I'm not going to explain it uh, for anyone interested. Go look up final stage, fade the black on YouTube have have the aneurysm that I had when I was a kid trying to beat that game. Almost impossible. But um, as far as like a, a sequel to Flashback, it's neat. I will say that much. Beyond that, I would not, um, I would not recommend anyone ever play it. Hmm. When there are no further sequels to this series, um, after Fade to Black, the only thing that uh, Delphine really did after that was the Moto Racer series. Uh, and hey. then, and then they kind of uh, disbanded or or were discontinued or whatever. A whole lot of uh, partially finished games, including yeah. a, a a Game Boy Advance port of uh, a flashback and Shaq Fu Two. Uh, so you know, <laughs> oh. there's a lot of stuff that was missing <laughs> oh, no. after Delphine oh, no. went down. But oh, uh, but this game specifically, flashback specifically, uh, I definitely enjoyed playing. As far as I got through, I do want to finish it because I I did enjoy everything I played. The I, the controls really are an issue. Uh, it's maybe it's again, I can't, I hate making fun of not making fun of, I hate complaining about controls when I'm not playing it on the actual system. So there's a chance that if I hooked up a Genesis and had a cart, maybe this would be slightly less irritating, but it sounds like it's not, it sounds like it's always been this, this way. But the, in the second area, in the, 
the city. I still can't figure out how you properly get in and out of those trams. I would just get in front of one and mash on buttons, and sometimes I'd get off, and sometimes I would be on for another circuit of town. And that's the other thing is it only goes in one direction, and you have to go to all four ports. Yes. So if you uh-huh. don't get off at the right stop, you have to go through three more stops, or you just wait. And then I would just like mash on the A button, hopefully it came out. I, I still don't know how I'm supposed to properly get off the tram. And it's it's little things like that that, that held me up in this game. Not the the tram, not knowing that I could climb down. Again, the the instruction manual did tell me that, so perhaps I would have read it at the time. But there was a lot of little control issues that made this very very difficult, uh, especially the point where when you look up the 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 how to do this online, you go to a let's play and they do exactly the same thing you're trying to do, and you can't figure out why what you're doing isn't working. Uh, that might be more frustrating than not figuring out a puzzle is knowing exactly what to do and you just yeah. can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the controls are by far the biggest issue with it. Uh, by it, it, there's just no excuse for just how it is. You've really got to work your mind around what that game wants you to do, uh, as far as like the buttons you need to press and and how it works. And even then, it's not very clear on on doing things on on how you need to do things. Um, I do want to mention the the different ports. Uh, of the game, I, we we talked about the Sega Genesis version. Um, that's probably the best um, 16-bit console version of that you can actually play. The Super Nintendo version looks better, of course, uh, but it does have a lot more slowdown than what the Genesis version has. And when mm-hmm. you get into those combat situations, yes, uh, especially in the uh, uh, you know the game show or whatever, it really really show it makes the game much more difficult than what. Um, what it actually is on uh, the Genesis. Um, now, brace yourselves, because the <laughs> gold standard version of Flashback, as far as I'm concerned, is the 3DO version, uh, for console anyway. I, I can't speak for, for PC because I never played the PC version. Um, but I don't believe the 3DO version was ever released for anything besides the 3DO, uh, which not only adds an entirely new soundtrack, uh, which is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, wow. But also all new uh, CG cinematics, which it, it doesn't really fit the game as well as the 16-bit version and the PC versions do. Uh, they're they're much shinier, you know. They look like 90s CG uh, cutscenes. Um, but you know, it was nice for back in the day. It, it, but that one is definitely, as far as I'm concerned, the best version of Flashback you can play for your money. Oh. And there was also a re-release um, on Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, not too long ago, kind of a, a, a remake of the game that literally no one liked. Um, it was just a terrible reimagining of the game, much more action-centric. Uh, it, it just it didn't work. It, it was not a very good version of that game. So if you're wanting to play Flashback in its pure form, purest form, do not search out the, the more recent version that you can find on PC and, and Xbox and PlayStation because it's, it's just not a very good game. Well, also, and I don't know if you know this, but in quarter four of this year, which I think is actually technically the beginning of next year, the way video game schedules come out, it's coming out for the Switch as a oh, remastered port. So, you know, you might have three games on your Switch coming up very soon. Uh, it's very exciting. <laughs> I, will, I will play that again, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely recommend this. If you like games like this, if you like Prince of Persia, uh, especially if you like the uh, Another World, the, the first game this company kind of pushed that was like this, I highly recommend this game. I'm definitely going to finish it up at now that we're done talking about it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, next episode, we are probably going to attempt to do Super Black Bass again, but maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Tune in roughly two weeks to see if we do that or not. It's someday we will be doing that. Um, but, you know, since we talked about flashback, uh, this week's retro news item is the new Sega flashback unit uh, by At Games that was supposed to be... Well, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but all the articles were written about it. Everyone online was treating it like this was Je- Sega's answer to the, uh, the NES Classic. But... I don't think that's the case, and now that it's out, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of grumblings that it's just not that good. Have either of you actually played with it at all? I have not, but uh, there's enough reviews out there. Billy, did you manage to find one of these? I, I did not find one. Uh, fortunately, I got to the reviews before picking one up. Well, I've used the previous At Games Genesis before, and it's mm. it's. Uh, the first issue with the At Games Genesis uh, flashback units is that it's not just Sega games. It's not like you get a you know 35 to 40 Genesis games. You do get a bunch of good, good Genesis games, most of which are the same games that are on the Sonic's Ultimate Collection for the uh, Xbox 360 and PS3. But it's got a whole bunch of... It's got some Master System games on it. It's got uh, a bunch of... It's not it's not PC wear, but it's it's like homebrew titles, like things that that people just made or or they made and put on there. Uh, a lot of those, uh, maybe not the flashback units, but a lot of those TV plug-in units. You know, you'll you'll turn it on and you're like, oh good, you know, Dog Quest. Like I don't want to play these games. <laughs> you know, super this is very reminiscent of those 501 carts. Right. Like, yeah. It's grand, like super plumber friends for their grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. So these are a lot of generic games mixed in with you know Sonic the Hedgehog one, two, and three, and then right after that you have you know Plumber Friends. You're like, okay, Plumber Friends sounds fun. I'll do that. <laughs> super Zoo, and, the, and so that it has all those things. It does have a cartridge port on it which is the only reason I thought that this might be worth getting, because that's that's what I want on all these flashback units. If you could plug in the original carts and have mm-hmm. them work. You know, I have the Intellivision flashback, and I have the ColecoVision flashback. Neither of them let you add your own carts, and that's that's a real shame. I mean, there's only a, like 125 or 127 Intellivision games total in existence, but I have a bunch that aren't on the flashback unit, and if I want to play yeah. Burger Time, for example, I can't play that unless I hook up my old Intellivision, which is a lot harder than it should be, because uh, I'm not willing to go out and get it modded. So this has the cartridge, but apparently it's it's not that good. The The biggest complaint I've seen for that is that the cartridge slot... First off, you have to totally turn the unit off and back on to use it, which actually, that's not a big deal. Who cares? But not all these games work, and it's it's software emulation. It's not like they have hardware in there that's going to run run these carts. It's all software mm-hmm. emulation, so it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, I, from what I've seen, like the biggest issue, um, besides all the the crapware that's that's all the system, um, it's it's just not very good emulation. Uh, there's a lot of uh, frame skipping, uh, you know, for games like Sonic 2 that that really need that kind of extra speed. There's um, it just doesn't feel right. It it just kind of feels like it's slow, like it's kind of skipping along, like that maybe there's not just enough power in the console to run this this kind of game mm-hmm. um and that, that also extends to any cartridge that you put in there and also it takes quite a while for these cartridges to to actually load into the system and you have to do this every single time um and then at that point you're not only getting a you know slow cartridge load but you're also getting bad emulation you're getting bad sound there's a lot of popping um i was watching some of the streams of, of people uh, streaming this and it just sounds it just sounds and and doesn't look good and 
you know, maybe I, I know there's this big thing right now of getting these kind of older consoles in in a newer form, but this just doesn't seem like a a, a good deal for what it is. It just does. It doesn't seem like it does these games, the games that are on the system, that's worth it justice. Um, when you could easily go buy the, the the Sonics collection or whatever the hell it is on 360 or PS3, that was just an amazing collection of of old school. Uh, Sega Genesis games, Master mm-hmm. System games, arcade games, that was well worth your time. This just seems like it is a, a cheap attempt to harp on the you know the the NES Mini and all that stuff, and and make some some extra money off of that for people that maybe got burned on on that side of the deal. Uh, this just it, it's it comes off as a very cheap console, and we're probably not going to get anything that's worth it until Sega actually makes their own mini Genesis or something like that. And I don't expect them to. I mean, I don't think no, they have any interest no. in doing that. Especially like you said that the collection that's on the the 360 and the PS3 is great, and they can easily put that out again on the PS4 and the <laughs> Xbox One and the Switch even, and add more games to it. I mean, there's no reason for them not to support the other major current consoles at this point so i would be surprised if sega puts out their own you know sega classic by sega that would be great um i don't think it's going to happen i i i guess i guess the best thing you can say about this is that you can put in your own your own cartridges make it work you can plug in your own controllers and make it work because the the controllers that are apparently there is just garbage um you know, it does have some value, but maybe not the the entire value that that it's at the asking price anyway. Uh, if you can f- maybe find it for like twenty, thirty bucks, go for it. It might be a neat little toy, uh, but otherwise, it, it just seems like maybe you should stay away from this one. Well, it'll give you something to to find in stores when you can't find the Super NES Classic. <laughs> uh, there yeah. will be nowhere that no one will ever find. Uh, that also doesn't have the game that we're going to talk about on the next episode, most likely. Uh, Super Black Bass for the Super Nintendo, mm. not on the Super NES Classic. So uh, that's a real shame, but uh, we'll definitely be talking about it in a couple weeks. Until then, please check us out on Retrovania.net. Uh, recently put up a amazing video Jeremy did on Contra 3 for the Super mm-hmm. Nintendo. Uh, definitely worth watching and checking out. In fact, I'm sure uh, no one needs me to tell them that because it already has more views than any of our podcasts. So that's good to go. Uh, but yeah, find us there. Find us on Twitter at Retrovania.net. On, uh, I'm pretty sure we're on everything as at Retrovania.net. And uh, we will definitely see you in a couple weeks with possibly Super Black Bass. We're going to end this one. I normally don't tell you what the, the track is, but Jeremy requested this specifically. This is the oh. main theme track from the 3DO release of Flashback. <laughs> and uh, it sounds amazing. I mean, you can definitely tell the difference between the CD uh, and the cartridge, especially the Sega Genesis cartridge, which sounds like metal honking. So this is nice. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you enjoy this. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.